Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. out there welcome back to positively wrestling i am tim Kennard, and of course the heel to my baby face the brain to my gorilla the hmm i don't know i guess just the royal to my rumble as we're going to be talking about that a lot here coming up and uh steven davidson how you doing today buddy i'm i'm doing fine i something's on my mind and i just I, something i've been wondering about tim can you help me with this I will try my best. Why? Why do clone slash stormtroopers even wear armor? Like, no matter what, if they get hit or they get shot, on top of their armor, they go down. They're like a wrestling referee. (laughs) I I don't understand why even wear it. Why not take it off and have more mobility and maybe not get shot? That that would be ideally, I think, what they'd be going for. But you're right. They do go down so easy. And just relating that to the refs, when do we get some tougher refs in there, man? Because they just get a glancing foot to the arm and they're out for like a half hour. They're down. They're yeah. they're, they're done. I've been watching Clone Wars. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're doing your big epic rewatch all the way from the beginning. Of everything, everything. Star Wars. Yeah. I still need to go back and, and brush up on Clone Wars myself. Just haven't had a chance. Yeah. Um, but, but hey, this isn't a Star Wars show. This, of course, is positively wrestling. Uh, we do like to go off on tangents because we're just we're big geeks at heart, big nerds. That's yeah, just how it is. Um, but for the what now third week in a row, we have to start with just some some sad news. Um, it seems like each week we are losing someone else from the uh, professional wrestling family, and uh, it happened again. And this one, um, I know, growing up. I, I I loved this movie when I was younger, and it's still a cheesy, cheesy favorite. No holds barred mm-hmm. uh, with Hulk Hogan, and of course uh, now the the late great um, Tiny Zeus Lister. And oh man, this one this one hurt a little bit because he's been in a lot of movies too, yeah. um, and really carved out a spot for himself i mean he was in he was debo in in friday he was in uh the fifth element yep um and he's had just numerous numerous roles and of course uh we got our first introduction to him in no holds barred of course that bled over into a real match on a pay-per-view a couple he had a, he had a, a couple he, in, he had a few a summer match a survivor series match and then of course no holds barred the match the movie yeah um interesting concept that uh vince was throwing out there back at the time um pay-per-view watch the movie and hey we got this actual match right afterwards <laughs> yeah very very cool yeah. But, but yeah um i always was a fan uh of tiny as an actor um in the ring hey it was an experiment it went well he, he had the physique he had the body for it um he had the look yeah in ring, I mean, he was not a good wrestler. No, I mean, in ring was not wrestler. great, but hey, um, he was entertaining as all hell. Uh, in ring, out of the ring, and again, just another sad loss um, for the world of professional wrestling. 
he was convincing. He had me as a kid convinced that if, if he had a one-on-one match with Hulk Hogan, he was going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it worked. And uh, he, in my whole life, I've had one lucid dream. One in my whole life. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, lucid dream is where you realize in the dream that you're dreaming. I've had one. And it was when I was a kid and he was in it along with the macho man, Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Yep. I had a dream that I was in the Marion, Illinois, Walmart parking lot. Okay. I lived in Marion. This was either when I still lived in Marion or I just moved away from Marion. And uh, the macho man, Randy Savage and Zeus were chasing me through the parking lot. I don't know why. I guess because I was a Hogan fan. They were chasing (laughs) me through the parking lot and they chased me into a nearby video store. And at some point I realized I was dreaming. And rather than take control of the dream, even in a dream, I'm like, I can't take Zeus. So even in the dream, I was like, (laughs) no. So uh, I just, I woke myself up. And so, um, yeah, but that always, that dream stuck with me. And I always remember the dream where I was being chased by Randy Savage and Zeus through the Walmart parking lot. And that's uh, to this day, the only lucid dream I ever had. So Zeus had some sort of impact on me. Yeah, definitely. That That's awesome. Yeah. That is an awesome memory. Um, but again, as always, you know, we love you, Tiny. Rest well. Um, and thoughts go out to the to family and friends and the whole wrestling community. Um, moving on from our what's becoming a traditional sad note as we do these shows. Hopefully, this will be the last one for a while. Yeah. Um, let's move into our three count, which uh, this time it was your challenge. Mm-hmm. And it was three favorite Royal Rumble matches of yeah. all time. And uh, I think I had you go first last time, so I'll take the reins this time and go okay. first. Uh, my number three is the, oh, and actually, before we get in there, special shout out to an honorable mention, at least for me, um, and uh, the 1992 Royal Rumble. Ric Flair, of course, wins that one. A lot of people really love that Rumble, including one of our childhood friends, uh, Nate Dog, Mr. Nathan Thomas. I know yeah. he's listening. Yeah. Um, I know that's his favorite. He's a big Flair fan, but it was a good Rumble, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what. Uh, and I uh, just want to throw that out there, give Nate a shout out. Uh, but my number three was the 2002 Royal Rumble. Uh, this one, of course, saw Triple H win. Um, but I really like this one for some of the other stuff that happened, like the just the whole kitten caboodle, um, the spot with Austin and triple h and the hurricane is one of my favorite moments um maven eliminating the undertaker yes getting put to a popcorn machine afterwards (laughs) that's still maven's claim to fame yes Uh, another one of those just shock moments like no one could believe it happened um the hardy's trying to take out the undertaker earlier and he just wasn't having none of it (laughs) and uh mr perfect in 2002 making the final three Yes, I as mean, he should. Just a lot of awesomeness in that 2002 Rumble. That's why it's number three for me. Yeah, Mr. Perfect wasn't treated very well during that that comeback, but at the Rumble, he was. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I definitely, I, I would have liked, I mean, I knew he wasn't going to win, but right. I, I, I would not have been upset had he won because I've always been a Mr. Perfect fan. Yeah, yeah, good call, good call. All right, yeah, this was... I, I stumped myself with my own challenge, Tim. Like this was, <laughs> this was. It's a tough one. It was the hardest one for me so far. Um, I, I just about fifteen minutes ago decided what my number three was. I was going back and forth uh, between three. I was trying to choose between three, and so what I've decided to go with is the 2018 Women's Royal Rumble. 
Ah. Uh, not only being the first women's rumble made it special, but for me, of course, Sasha was in the whole match. And so that's a plus for me, mm-hmm. but you also had special moments like Sasha eliminating Bailey from behind and teasing that breakup that we finally got two and a half years later. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, the, the Sasha Trish stare down and elimination. We've got Mickey Trish and that. Yeah. Um, lot lots of people got to show their thing. And of course, all the older stars, Molly Holly and Michelle McCool, uh, Vicky Guerrero was in there. So just all the different appearances and um, the right person probably won. I of course wanted Sasha to win. Um, I would have liked it to come down to Sasha and Oscar as the final two, but maybe they wanted Oscar to go over a heel at the end to, to make it more, to, to make sure everyone was behind her winning. So putting her over the Bellas at the end. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I thought it was great. Man, Sasha, I rewatched this match a few days ago and Sasha was in there just taking everybody's finishers. Like yeah. she was making every, she took Kyrie's elbow. She took Lita's moonsault. She took the Molly go round. Like whenever somebody needed to look good and put a finisher out there, Sasha was like, do it. I'm here for it. Um, yeah, she was a workhorse in that rumble. And yeah, just the whole thing, the whole thing was a lot of fun and really great. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is one of my my favorites. It, it's not on my top three, mm-hmm. but it is just barely outside of it because mm-hmm. this was a fantastic rumble. Um, like I say, just from start to finish, the number of people that came in, that that Mickey Trish moment for me made the hair on my arm stand up. I got the goosebumps for that. Um, but yeah, Sasha, an incredible performance during this rumble. Um, and I think you're right. I think... Uh, Oscar winning was probably the right call at the time. I think that is uh, the way it needed to go, but uh, I think you're right in the fact instead of Sasha Oscar as the final two, it made more sense for a baby face to go over the heel just so the crowd is fully invested in that victory. Yeah. Um, totally agree there and a great, great choice. Great choice. Um, number two for me is the 1998 Royal Rumble. Austin, of course, wins this one. This was his second Rumble victory. Um, and this one was was great. You had uh, the three faces of Foley entering the Rumble. Uh, right. Such a great little spot and an, a, a new way for them to kind of play with the rules and kind of shock us. Loved that. Good thing he didn't pull three successive numbers. That would have sucked for him. <laughs> right. Although, if he eliminated everybody else, he would have gotten like a what a six minute break <laughs> i guess yeah. <laughs> that or he'd have to wrestle himself in the ring which could get weird um but <laughs> he also weirder. had uh austin and the rock kind of facing off um before you know they finally got to their big wrestlemania matches but that one of those first you know, it was like oh my god now they're they're finally in the ring together gonna go after each other kind of thing uh which was nice and I really appreciated the the entrance of Austin in this Rumble because, you know, the Rumble's going along. You had like, uh, I don't know, six or seven guys in the ring. And then Austin's music hit and everybody in the ring turns to the entrance way because they know the big guy's here. Like, this is the guy we got to prevent from winning. And Austin, being that sneaky SOB that he is, comes in from the backside and starts beating people up. It was great. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I I, I love, and this is one of the first that was, I think, truly 
an attitude era rumble. Oh yeah. Like the feel was definitely different. Like we were fully engulfed in the attitude era and you could tell, um, but yeah, no, I, I really like the 1998 uh, Rumble. That's my number two. Excellent. All right. For me, my number two is the 1990 Royal Rumble. Ah. Had okay. one of my all-time favorite moments. Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior meet up for the very first time. So many big names in this match. It was Hogan's first Rumble win. It was kind of the first Rumble that established it as a spectacle for the top stars as being the main event itself rather than um, something for an undercard with other things going on that are more important on the show. Um, Now I'm not going to get too deep into this right now. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that. Yep. This Friday, we are going to have a retro review of the 1990 Royal rumble pay-per-view. So that will be up for download on Friday and uh, we'll talk about the whole card and we'll really dig deep into that Rumble match and, and why I like it so much. Yes, uh, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great little bonus show we've got coming for you. Um, yeah, great choice for, uh, for your number two. But like I said, we won't go too deep into it right now. Um, you can uh, download that show on Friday and check out our thoughts on the whole card. Um, so I guess that moves me into number one spot for me which is, and it might be a little surprise, we'll see, the 2008 Royal Rumble. Oh. And this one, and, and like I say, and I was, when I was thinking about this, I was like, okay, which Rumble just elicited such a, I don't know, goosebump shock kind of thing for me that I really enjoyed? And it was Cena's shock return. And it was shocking. It because he had went out on the injury. They said he was going to be gone for like six to eight months. I maybe think maybe even longer, nine to a year, or something like that. Yeah, and he comes back in what two? Maybe, maybe three maybe little. Months. Yeah, maybe around three. Um, it was like like half the low end time. Um, and he shocks, comes in, wins the whole thing, just crazy, crazy, crazy. But also a special shout out as to how this rumble started. You want to talk about a one and two that was crazy. Michael's an undertaker. Yeah. After being one or, you know, the last two in the ring the previous year. Yeah. And then starting this one off, that was just, that was nuts. Just well, the, two, the 2007 rumble almost made my list. It was almost my number three because of Michael's an undertaker and their closing segment. It's the greatest closing segment or the greatest final two, I'll say. Yes. And I, and I think Royal rumble or even battle Royal history. So if you haven't right. if you haven't seen that 2007 rumble um it's it's worth it just to watch the final two segment with michaels and the undertaker and then starting off the next year yeah you're right it was great and cena coming back i remember in the moment i was so shocked by it i thought is is this just like a one-off is he just here for the shock and he's going to get eliminated quickly and and not win but no he won he was back he yeah. was really back full-time he won the whole thing yeah it was i've never been so shocked to see someone on the current roster yeah like that wasn't like you know just oh he hasn't been in the company for a year or two yeah but somebody who we just thought was injured comes back and you're right could have been very plausible just for you know send the the home the fans home happy seeing cena come back but have him get eliminated fairly quickly by somebody you know i could have totally bought that but no he was back he was ready to go wins this goes on to mania i mean 
just crazy. Yeah. Just crazy. Uh, but that that's why it's my number one. Oh, good choice. Good choice. For me, my number one is the 1997 Royal Rumble. Ah. This is Stone Cold Steve Austin's first Rumble win. Yes. And I corrected myself just a minute ago. I started to say that the that the 19 that the 2007 Royal Rumble had the greatest closing segment in history. I corrected myself to say the greatest final two in history because I think this Royal Rumble had the greatest closing segment in history. Yes. Um, Austin being eliminated, the refs not seeing it because of McFoley and Terry Funk brawling on the other side of the ring, outside the ring, and then sneaking back in and eliminating everybody else who was still left in the match, even though he was legally out. Mm-hmm. It's not just the booking, but it was the execution. So many people had to be in the right spot at the right time, not watching what everybody else was doing. So much trust went into executing that finish mm-hmm. and everybody did it perfectly. But not only that, but the whole match was so much fun because Austin came in early mm-hmm. and he dominated at the beginning and was throwing one person out. He got the diesel push, we call it. Yeah. He was throwing one person out and somebody else would come in. He'd throw them out and somebody else would come in and it went on and on and on until Brett the Hitman Hart's music hit. And it was one of the few times we saw Austin show a little bit of fear because he was still the heel. He hadn't established himself as the Mm -hmm. tough as nails baby face and uh, his reaction to that music. And then from there, it was just on. And the whole Brett Austin story is my favorite story in wrestling history. Um, And yeah, I I love the whole thing. It was sent around Brett and Austin. That finish was perfectly crafted and executed. And yeah, it's my favorite rumble of all time. That is a great choice. Uh, and like I say, admittingly, I, at one point when I was going, like I say, like I say, this is a very hard three count to, to hone down. At one point, my top three were all Austin wins. Uh, so <laughs> I, I feel you there. I feel you. And I, cause that one is so good. You're right. That is one of the best, if not the best closing segment in rumble history uh, went to basically guide us towards because obviously even though austin won he did not go on to face the champion uh he went on to face brett uh at wrestlemania in the infamous um uh i quit match uh Mm -hmm. that where he's you know bleeding like a stuck pig as jr Mm -hmm. would say yeah um we've talked about that it's our favorite uh moment and match go check out our top 10 episode if you haven't listened to any of our bonus stuff to hear us talk about that but yeah great three count suggestion i love i really liked that one also uh, pat patterson thank you pat yes thank you pat and uh, in a related kind of way my three count is i kind of came to it because of un- the unfortunate passing of, of tiny zeus lester and mm-hmm. uh, or lister and that is um top three favorite movies that have a wrestler performing in them. Uh, I've had something like this in mind for a three count. In fact, last week I was going to do top three favorite movie roles that a wrestler had been in. Um, so you kind of, yeah, you kind of beat me to it. So I won't do that one now because it's too close to this one. Yeah, it's too close to this one. But okay, so the movie itself. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's okay. do. Let, oh, actually, 
Actually, no, let's go. I like, I like yours better. I think we're going to make this a kind of a synergy one. Let's go with our favorite role that arrests. Cause there's been some movies that I may not have cared for the movie, but loved the role that the guy played. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's do favorite roles from a wrestler in a movie. Someone who was a wrestler first. Yes. Wrestler. Okay. first. So like, you can't sneak in like, you know, Stephen Amell who, right. Uh, <laughs> you know, stuff like right. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, had, had to start their career in the world of professional wrestling and then branch out into acting. Okay. I've actually been thinking about this for a while. So I know my number one already, but I got to figure out my two and three. <laughs> You're dead meat, Ramsey. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to be in mine, but then. No, me either. Yeah. One of my, that's one of my favorite cheesy lines from a yeah. wrestling related movie. Check out Suburban Commando if you want to know what we're talking about. And yeah. if you don't already. Um. But all right, so that's a three count. Uh, we got our, our three count for next week. So let's, yeah, this is going to be a big show, man. We got a lot to talk about. We've also got something coming a week oh, from Friday. That is right. And not only do we have our special 1990 Royal Rumble retro review coming up on Friday, but we've been, uh, we teased this last week. You asked me, what is Megacard? And I said, you had to tune in this week to find out. And basically it's going to be a bonus show and it's it's a very interesting one. We are trying to put together what are each of us respectively our biggest fantasy height of their um, their career card. Yeah, like card. the ultimate WrestleMania, or you know, yeah. just that kind of thing. And um, once you run down what our criteria was for this, okay, so we're each going to have our own wrestling card. You can use anyone in wrestling history, current or not, alive or not, 10 matches each, three male singles matches, three female singles matches, two two-on-two tag team matches, and then two matches that are wild cards. They can be anything you want. If you want them to be more singles matches, that's fine. If you want them to be battle royals, that's fine. Triple threat, six-man, whatever. Um, so two completely free to do what you want with, and then the other eight have to follow. Now you can do stipulation matches. The singles matches can be stipulation matches if you want them to be or not. That's up to you, but we have to have six singles matches, three male, three female, and two standard two on two tag team matches. That's eight of the 10. And then the other two matches can be whatever. And let me tell you, Tim, this has been difficult. I've been working on this. The, the people that are being left off of my card are mind-blowing. Yeah, because you cannot use anybody more than once. Right. So, cannot repeat anyone. So, And that's what makes it really, really tough. And, I mean, we've been talking about this for a few weeks, so we've had some a lot of time to think about this. And yeah. It's, I mean, we're, you know, let's say two weeks into trying to think about this, and it's still, I'm still trying to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is not solid yet. Uh, no, me either. <laughs> um, but... That is going to be a fun show. We're going to be recording that real soon, uh, but it'll be dropping special Christmas present, Christmas Day. Uh, there you go. From you Sasha Claus. That. From Sasha Claus. <laughs> that okay? Okay, I, I'm 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 in. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in for Sasha Claus. Absolutely. Um, but it almost sounds like she could play, you know, Cheetah in the Wonder Woman movie <laughs> with her Sasha Claus. Ah, anyway. hey, why not? Uh, hey. <laughs> well, other than the fact that it's already been filmed. Uh, well that uh okay yeah. i had to ruin my dream man. 
anyway, yeah. So uh, tune in for Mega Card coming Christmas Day. That's if you be- think it's easy, you try it. Yeah, try it. <laughs> if you think it's not that hard, I know exactly what. No, you don't. You don't know exactly what you would come up with. Try it. Try it. Hey, send us uh, send us your suggestions. Yeah, uh, play along with us. We love that. Um, and we see one that's really really cool that. Uh, we get before the dropping of the uh, show or before we record, maybe we'll even uh, point that out. Yeah. So if you don't want to be mentioned, let us know. Yeah. 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 We don't, we, we won't mention anybody at, that doesn't at, want at, to, but anytime, anytime. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's, let's jump right into the show proper. Like I say, we do have a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff mm-hmm. to cover. Uh, we'll start with NXT um, and big return, big mm-hmm. return. Uh, of course, uh, the show kicked off. You had um, Finn Balor in there talking about, you know, play time's over. It's time to get back in the singles focus. None of this team stuff. I'm, the, I'm back. I'm the title holder. Who's stepping up? Then you had a litany of people come out. <laughs> um, and then he heads to the back and there's Scarlet. The smoke show comes out, uh, obviously signaling that Karrion Cross is getting ready to return and and Finn you know they exchange like a glance and Finn walks off and then you get uh Damian Priest kind of you know running his mouth and then surprise surprise there's Karrion Cross yeah <laughs> they're not a tease to see him next week no he was there and mm-hmm. we got an attack and a return um so really really cool yeah I, I like Karrion Cross I'm, I'm interested to see now that he's back from injury hopefully stays injury free so we can see what they were heading, where they were heading with him. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm waiting for him to wow me. He hasn't wowed me yet, but he hasn't turned me off either. So I'm just, I'm just kind of sitting back and taking him in still a little bit. But yeah, I'm always willing to give uh, anybody a chance to uh, to win me over. And uh, yeah, curious to see you know having more options and more people to uh, throw into the mix never a bad thing. Yeah, um, and we have and- a bunch of people in the mix. Yeah, there and that really kind of goes into we got a bunch of unclear title challengers <laughs> right now. Yeah. In NXT. Um now that is getting a little bit of a or get a little clearer picture after tonight's episode, of course. Um we have uh, Pete Dunn taking on Kyle O'Reilly mm-hmm. uh and winner set to face um Finn Balor. So and I th- I think we're gonna get my Pete Dunn Finn Balor match. I think so too. Yeah. Um because we already had Kyle yeah so and finn and pete and finn that's a dream matchup for a while so i I, i'm really hoping that that pete wins and we do get that that one-on-one opportunity um also over there on the woman's side what's going on yeah i I thought it was obvious that it was going to be raquel gonzalez and then it became less obvious a week ago yeah um we don't have a a a number one contenders match or anything we do have tony storm versus rhea ripley Yes. On tonight's NXT. And yeah, they have a history. Tony Storm beat Rhea Ripley for the NXT UK Women's Championship. And the dynamic's completely different now. I mean, back then it was obvious Tony was the face. Yeah. It was the heel. And it was pretty obvious that Tony was going to win. And now it's completely switched. We've completely flipped. Rhea's the big baby face now. And now Tony's just had that that heel turn, which I think is great for her. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to do wonders for her character. This is going to be a tough match to call. Mm-hmm. I think as far as who do you think comes out on top? I, I actually am going to say it's probably Tony. Tony needs to win more. Mm-hmm. And as I've said, I'm, of course, <laughs> I was 100% wrong. Rhea's still on NXT right now. <laughs> but I do believe 
Um, and actually, I'll go ahead and put my prediction out now. I this think, is her last match. No, I think <laughs> not, not that. But I think Rhea will be entering and winning the Women's Royal Rumble this year. Oh, okay. Okay. That'll Eventually, be, you're going to get one of these right. And I think that'll be my transition for if, her to the main roster. If that doesn't happen, then you'll be like, all right, my prediction. <laughs> Rhea has a Pepsi with her lunch this week. Yes. I, I will get one of these predictions right. Eventually <laughs> about Rhea Ripley. We'll see. But yeah, no, I, I think Tony probably takes this match just because, again, she needs it more. And again, because I think Rhea's heading to the main roster sometime in the, in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and you're right. Cause I thought Gonzalez was going to be the clear title contender, but yeah, they're just throwing a lot of stuff in the mix, making you question it, which is good. I, I like yes. unpredictability. Um, this makes me care about the qualifying or contending matches way more. Yeah. Uh, when it's not, Oh, I clearly know that this is a setup for him to win. Right. Her to win. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, still speaking about, you know, some of the women on NXT, Zia Lee, Zia Lee and Boa, these weird vignettes we've been getting over the past few weeks. Yeah. Where is it going? I don't know, but I like it. We need more of this. This is the kind of thing that should have been done before either of them ever appeared on, t- on TV at all. Yeah. Uh, this is how you introduce new talents to an audience in a way that's going to get them to care. Uh, I love these vignettes. They're edgy. They're, they're a little hard to watch in a good way. I mm-hmm. think um, they, it makes me feel like they're being trained by stick alongside daredevil and Electra. That's what <laughs> it feels like. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. They're gritty and they make me interested to see what they're going to be like when we see them on TV again. So I like it. I just wish this is how they were introduced to us instead of just taking these generic people and putting them, not that Zaylee was generic. She wasn't really, she has her own flavor, but her personality, she didn't have much of one other than, you know, I'm Chinese. Like that was, that was it. Yeah. And so now uh, we're, we're seeing more of her, and we're learning more about her through these vignettes or through uh, more about her character through these vignettes. And so we're going to have a better sense for who she is when we see her again. And yeah, it should be done this way before we see them on TV. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, and I say they're, they're entertaining as I'll get out. There's all this mystery behind it, which just amps up the anticipation of where it's heading. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm in, I want to see more. I want to know where this is going. Um other returns, uh, as we talked about, of course, uh, uh, Scarlett and Karrion Cross coming back. Uh, we also had a return in NXT UK from Tyler Bate. Big return. Yes, huge First return. NXT UK champion. Mm-hmm. And he came back, uh, what was the segment? How did it play? He, he uh, came back and uh, had a match with A-Kid for, yes. for the... Uh, the uh cup oh yeah which was cup. odd I, I i didn't realize that was going to be a thing that could be defended yeah um but yeah he they had a british rounds match and he put a kid over so that was huge for a kid and really adds to his credibility if you're beating tyler Bate on nxt uk then you've got something going on yeah so i mean great move for tyler to come back happy to have him back but mm-hmm. i mean what a what a stand-up guy to put a kid over in this yeah. match and makes a kid's uh, star shine even brighter, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. 
Um, I don't know if we'll see future Heritage Heritage Cup defenses or if that was just because the way he framed it, Tyler Bates said, you know, congratulations. I just wish I had been in the tournament. And so the response for this was on a Noam Dar segment, a new talk show Mm -hmm. that he that he's doing. And so Noam Dar says, does that mean you thought you think you would have won? And so that kind of set up the match where a kid was like, well, I'll give you a shot at it. So I don't know if this was a one-time thing or if it's regularly regularly defended. It was kind of odd to see something that wasn't a belt be defended. Right. Um, But whatever. I mean, it did the job and it, it really added to a kid's um, credibility. Yeah. Great segment. Um, Also kind of, not an NXT return, but a return from someone who was in NXT, uh, shrouded in controversy <laughs> as to why they were gone. Of course, is Jackson Riker mm-hmm. coming back as part of Elias's, uh, well, I guess not part of, just Elias's crew, the guy that wants to keep people from interrupting Elias. <laughs> and then two seconds later, an interruption happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so not very good at his job. No, because um, our truth comes in and the whole 24-7 gang comes down and yeah so but the return was actually on main event yeah on main event interesting and i've been watching main event in the past few weeks since we talked about it last by the way and it's it's fun we had a nice little match between uh peyton royce and nikki cross a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. keith lee took on uh angel garza last week so i mean we're getting actual you know names on on the show and so i mean now returns yeah if you got these yeah. extra hours of programming you have a big enough roster spread yeah. the love yeah um but yeah so uh interesting with jack i don't know i don't know <laughs> we're not we're not gonna get political on this show or anything like that but yeah go go google jackson Riker and why that he was gone if you are unaware um yeah. But it's any- not really something that he could be fired over. For. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you couldn't. Get, so it was a matter of time before he was going to be back in some form or fashion. So it's just curious to see. Um, I mean, he he's another guy with long hair and a big beard. Yeah, I think so- I think we need more than that. So you know, let let let's see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, let's move over from NXT. Let's talk talk a little bit about AEW. And we'll kick things off. Of course, we got a uh, interview segment with Omega and Don Callis, this time on Dynamite, um, as opposed to Impact, because we've got that um, uh, interworking going there, um, brand warfare, if as you will. Um, and what you think about the interview? Um, honestly, I was a little disappointed because it was almost a repeat of what they said on Impact. Yeah, it was kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, even which, some of the same phrasing, which yeah, very disappointing. Um, of course, for those that don't know, I mean, the impact one was was taped right. and then aired. Um, and I don't know if it's just hey, in case you didn't see impact because they do have a, uh, they're on a station with probably lower distribution to cable networks. Like I say, I don't even get access TV on my cable, um, so maybe that was why they kind of did almost a word for word repeat. Maybe, but if you're going to have the crossover, then you, you shouldn't do that because your goal should be to want your fans to watch both go, shows. Yeah. To go so out and if, find it. Yeah. So if, if you're going to tell them, well, whatever we do on impact, we're just going to do it again on AEW, then they're not going to watch impact. Mm-hmm. And that's not what you want. The point of this is to increase viewership for both shows. And so you want to do something that they cannot miss 
on impact and then follow it up with something else they can't miss on AEW. You don't want to do the same thing on both nights. That's true. That's true. Now, of course, uh, one thing that we don't have listed in our, our runtime, it just hit me. We did have an impact pay-per-view over the yes. weekend, uh, which Omega showed up at. Uh, and uh, Carl Anderson is there and they talk about, you know, the old times. Uh, of course, they were Bullet Club over in New Japan. Right. Um, so, but again, nothing groundbreaking as far as furthering the brand warfare storyline yet. Um, but, but yeah, so I was a little disappointed as well. You're right. It was very generic. The same thing we had heard before. Didn't really move anything forward. Yeah. Um, but uh, other things in AEW though, another interview segment, Sting. Yeah. Hello, Sting. Sting is back and in full effect comes down to the ring um, during a interview segment where you had Cody and Shivani in the ring. And great little interaction with Shivani. Yeah, it was. That was that was that was cool. I really dug that. Shivani was like, you know, I'm I'm not gonna get in the middle of this. I'm out. And, and Sting's like, whoa, 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 Tony, where are you going? <laughs> yeah, come on. Get, you know, give me a you know, it's Sting. <laughs> give me one more. Um, so seeing them in the ring was very cool, very touching. I love that. And then a great little interaction with Cody mm-hmm. and. I think we're definitely going to see Sting and Cody in the ring in a match. I think this is foreshadowing that at some point. Um, but it also Sting draw you know drew attention to the fact he had Darby Allen in the rafters, uh, you know, and kind of how he's equating that to how it was when he was in the rafters in WCW. Um, but yeah, I think uh, they're setting a few things up here. Mm-hmm. One, I think we are going to get him being kind of the mentor to Darby Allen. I mean, we could get a Sting Darby Allen match, which I wouldn't be opposed to either. But I think it's going to be more him, you know, bringing Darby Allen along, getting the rub for Dar- for Darby Allen, um, and then leading to that kind of dream match between him and Cody. I think I think that's the direction. I hope they go, and I think that's where they're headed. Yeah, we d- we didn't get a whole lot of answers from Sting. He, he didn't really tell us why he was there. So yeah, it's open for them to go anywhere they want to with, of course, anyway, not that sting is making the call. I mean, <laughs> it was part of definitely part of, you know, what he was told to do, but they, yes. they are leaving it open for themselves, I guess is what I'm trying, trying to get at here. And um, anything could happen. I just wonder, you know, I, I hope he's in good enough shape that he won't mm-hmm. hurt himself um, and can, give us something that won't also hurt kind of the memory of Sting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, as we saw with Undertaker. Yeah. You know, most recently, that match with Goldberg, it was like, oh, man, hopefully this isn't the last. And they both almost got seriously injured mm-hmm. and would have been a horrible memory Yeah, if that was the last thing we, yeah. we got to see in Ring of Undertaker. Yeah. Um, and by the way, that was both of their faults. People yes, yes, I'm all not all that on Goldberg. Yeah, no, that wasn't all on Goldberg. That was both because I mean, it takes two to run a dance number mm-hmm. when it's a duet and a match is a duet mm-hmm. um, between two two performers. So yeah, blame goes both ways. Yeah, um, but yeah, I agree. Hopefully, with Sting, you know, no buckle bombs, right? <laughs> no buckle bombs, um, 
and hopefully he's healthy enough to go entertain us and not, you know, tarnish the legacy mm-hmm. and the memory. Um, also uh, on AEW, I mean, we've talked about how not, not just returns in here, but just people showing up and how they're kind of branching out um, and getting the entertainment side to get more eyes on the product, which definitely draws into, Hey, Shaq showed up. Yep. The big diesel. Shaq Diesel in the house, Superman, all those different nicknames he's gone by on the on the basketball court over the years. I didn't know the first one. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, gets uh, gets a drink thrown in his face. <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah, he he said that his his threat to Cody was just him messing around. Um, funny way to mess around. Yeah, <laughs> um, have somebody else tell somebody that you're going to beat him up. Um, <laughs> How is that messing around? Um, I just playing, dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just playing through our mutual friend. Um, but an interesting note is that this was the highest rated segment on the show. Yeah. And so it goes back to what we were saying, that this is the kind of thing that they need to do if they want to go mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as people love Kenny Omega, he's not going to bring in people who don't already watch wrestling. Right. So you need to you need to get people who don't watch wrestling to watch your show. And Shaq, it's it's already proving is is going to be the kind of thing that's going to make that happen. Yeah, doing exactly what it was designed to do. Yeah. Um and then of course tying into that, we got kind of an announcement of someone who is going to be appearing on AEW. And this one, uh we've mostly known him for appearing on WWE. <laughs> yeah. What's and, up? And it's it's Snoop, man. Snoop Dogg. WWE Hall of Famer. Yes, WWE um, Hall of Famer. Snoop, what are you doing? Your cousin is the women's champion. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, man? Where's, where, where's the family and brand loyalty, bro? <laughs> right, right. I got to say, uh, my mom and I were driving back from visiting my grandmother over the weekend. And uh, we stopped to go through the drive-thru at Bojangles and just had the uh, the radio on. And, you know, we've got, we've got a situation going on. So we didn't go inside to eat. We ate in the car and uh, we had the windows rolled down and uh, Snoop Dogg and uh, Dre came on. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Baby. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just me and mom sitting there with the windows down rock (laughs) with Snoop Dogg (laughs) blasting out the windows. (laughs) That is Uh, tremendous. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Snoop is definitely going to get attention on AEW, but I just question like clearly he's getting he's getting some money here. Uh and that's why he's Push doing it. But does yeah. he need it so much that he's going <laughs> to he's going to support his cousin's competition? <laughs> like what are you doing? Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um but again, it's going to bring more eyes. Mm-hmm. More eyes. Um so yeah, I mean, they're at AEW is making big moves. They're doing the right things right now um, for their growth, and I think sky's the limit, man. Um, yeah. I don't again. I don't think we're gonna get back to the the glory days of the Monday Night Wars, but hey, competition is healthy and yeah. it breeds creativity, and yes. that's that's what we're hoping for. And as, as Bischoff said, controversy uh, creates cash. <laughs> that's how it is. Uh, interesting. Just a side note. I just, I caught um, an interview with Bischoff, who the next legend uh, and former WWE person he thinks AEW should sign. Okay, I missed Ray. it. Bully Ray. I could see him fitting I think, in there. I could. Yeah, I think he would fit in very well with AEW, mm-hmm. uh, both 
behind the scenes and on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I just thought that was interesting while we're talking yeah. about AEW. Um, uh, continue with some AEW. Of course, we had the Dynamite Diamond uh, Battle Royal and came down to the final two that I figured it was going to come down to, which was MJF and um, Orange Cassidy. Of course, that led to a match uh, one-on-one to decide who was going to be the uh, get the Dynamite, Dynamite Diamond Ring. And uh, I thought for sure this was going to be Orange Cassidy's win, his kind of breakout win that, you know, not for a title, but it's something, an acknowledgement we can give him kind of thing. But no, MJF wins again and retains the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Yeah, he's he's only lost, what, one match? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so getting a getting a win over MJF is really rare right now. So I guess they're being pretty picky about that and kind of preserving his his uh, mystique and his aura of being tough to, to snatch a win on. Yeah. I, I think he's destined for the world title. Yeah. At some point, at some point, definitely. Um, I, of course, I don't think it's Omega versus MJF. I don't think that's going to be the program because Omega's kind of being played as a heel. Well, he's definitely being played as a heel. Yeah. Then, at least not right now. There'd have to be some time. Past. Yeah. MJF yeah. is definitely a heel. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and should probably stay that way. Yeah, and I think Wardlow's gonna that's gonna be the Diesel Michaels yeah. uh kind of dynamic and split, and Wardlow's gonna be a face before too long. Yeah, I see that happening. Um but yeah, and then moving from that, Sheeta and Abaddon. We talked about that before about how it just it didn't feel right mm-hmm. because of the way that Sheeta was reacting to Abaddon, but that changed this week. Yeah, I thought it definitely improved. Uh, with the with the most recent episode last week, and uh, you know she comes out and she takes the fight to Abaddon. A uh, little hesitant, little. She had that look that okay, this could go poorly for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. And that's what a face does. Mm-hmm. Face doesn't run in a backstage interview segment. So I, I like this much better. Um, and something else I've been talking about is the fact that she has beaten Abaddon already. And so this didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And someone actually mentioned that to Hikaru Shida on Twitter and she responded to them. And uh, her response was, if you, something along the lines of, if you survive a fight with a crocodile, do you want a rematch? Yeah. And I thought that made a lot of sense. Now, this was Hikaru Shida coming up with the explanation for it when really AEW should have been the ones coming up with the explanation for it. Correct. She kind of saved them on that, but she did a good job of it. So you know what? I will buy that. Yes. And I, I like the course correction here. I like that the, uh, they're giving us an, you know, they didn't just let it go dormant. They're like, Oh, Hey, maybe somebody realized, Hey, this doesn't seem right. Let's, and maybe that was Sheeta, you know, Hey guys, <laughs> yeah, you're making me look like a Frady cat. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, let's do something here. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely enjoying uh, that they're turning that around and I'm interested to see where that goes. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we can roll from that. Let's go. Let's keep it up with the women. Let's go into stardom. I know you got to finally kind of get caught up Yes, <laughs> with stardom. I've, I've watched everything that they've, that they've recorded every show that they've had so far. So yeah. uh, I was watching it this afternoon and, and catching up and there's, there's a lot to talk about actually. Uh, first thing, three of their stars are out with a family emergency. Three sisters, Hina, Rina, and Hanan are all out with some sort of family emergency. I didn't even know they were sisters until yeah. like, five days ago. I'm still learning all these people outside of the ring. 
makes a lot more sense that Hina and Rena have names that are almost identical because they are twins. And I didn't know that. Okay. Cause they're okay. not identical twins. Um, so they look alike, but that makes more sense. So I, I don't know what the family emergency is. They weren't specific with it, but you know, thoughts go out to them and I hope everything's okay and hope to see them back soon. Um, Julia wins the 2020 Tokyo sports women MVP award. Uh, definitely deserving of of that um nobody well i won't say nobody but she's she's had as good a performance in the ring as anybody this year and uh she's had a good year too winning the cinderella tournament winning the white belt the wonder of stardom championship winning the artist of stardom championships and so um yeah great to see that seven of the last 10 years uh, that has gone to someone from stardom so congratulations to julia for that another announcement from stardom march 3rd they're having an all-star rumble and that's going to include a bunch of surprises some some sort of battle royal type thing not clear on the rules yet but past stars are going to appear surprises from the world of joshi are going to appear including they announced yuzuki aikawa and yuzuki aikawa was one of the og stars of stardom she was there from the beginning she was the first wonder of stardom champion uh, she never lost that belt. She gave it up when she retired and she hasn't had a match in seven years. And this will be her first match back. She was one of my favorites when I was going back to the archives and I started at the beginning in 2011. Uh, she was probably my favorite from that, from that beginning bunch. So I'm really excited to see her back and that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, we've also got a big, big show on Sunday, the Osaka dream cinderella show from obviously osaka um huge huge card um they've been building this i've been talking about this for weeks so uh, i'm gonna run that down really quick we've got the future of stardom championship on the line in a three-way with the champion micah defending against saya ida and saya kamitani uh i expect micah to keep this um she's she's been strong in donna del mondo and um Sayakamitani is already the uh, half of the goddesses of stardom champions, the tag team champions. And Sayaida rarely wins. <laughs> so um, <laughs> probably Micah is going to take that. We've got a tag match, Konami and Natsuko Tora taking on Riho and Ruaka. Uh, pretty sure Ruaka is in there to take the fall. So Konami and Natsuko from Oedo Tai most likely is going to win that. I got to say though, Riho, when when travels open back up and all that i hope she makes a choice to stay in stardom instead of going back to aew because she has been so much fun Mm. watching her in stardom she's always smiling you can tell how comfortable she is there um she's just a blast to watch in stardom and just she feels completely different to me in stardom than she did in aew uh I, i i hope she sticks around in stardom instead of splitting her time uh, she uses the same entrance music in both companies, by the way, which is oh. interesting. I don't know what the rights are on that. So I found that interesting. Uh, another tag match. We've got Oedo Tai against uh, Donna Del Mondo. We've got B Priestley and Saki Kashima from, uh, from Oedo Tai taking on Natsupoi and Himeka. Um, B Priestley usually wins. I, I'd say Oedo Tai probably take that one. High-speed titles on the line with Azumi versus Mei Hoshizuki. We'll eventually spit that out. Um, May is not regularly featured in stardom. 
she is from Sendai Girls and they had a special six person tag, six woman tag in September where May got the surprise pin on Azumi, setting her up as a challenger to Azumi's high speed championship. Kind of like the cruiserweight championship, except, you know, everybody in the company is of cruiserweight weight, basically. Right. <laughs> so it's more about the wrestling style than, than the weight. Um, Azumi should probably win this. I'll be surprised if she doesn't, but it'll be fun to watch. Oh, big elimination match. We've got Mayu Watani, Gokigan Death, and Starlight Kid against Tom Nakano, Mina Shirakawa, and Unagi Sayaka. I've been talking about Tom, Mina, and Unagi for weeks now. Um, man, the, the show they had a couple nights ago, they had kind of a preview six-woman six tag, six-person tag, however you want to define it. Um, with these six, except for Saya Ida in place of Gokigan Death, and it wasn't an elimination match. This was the match was great but the character work between mayu and tom was top level stuff as good as anything i've seen um they're definitely following through on what i've been talking about for weeks now on is tom and mina and unagi are they breaking away from stars they have their own name now they're calling themselves the cosmic angels and so Mayu even tweeted at her a few days ago, like, are you still with us? Are you still part of stars or are you something different? And you could see in their performances in this match, how personal this is becoming for the two of them. I mean, Mayu was taking, you could see the hurt on her face when she was in there with Tom and she was kind of changing her style to, to tell the story. She was more aggressive. She was more methodical. Um, and then at one point, Tom fires back and, and they're having a forearm battle and Tom kind of comes up on top of that and then just grabs Mayu by the back of the head, by her hair and slaps her across the face. And Mayu, a few seconds later, gets the advantage back and returns the slap across the face. And it just feels so intense and feels so personal. And then after that match, um, surprisingly, Starlight Kid gets the pin on Unagi Sayaka. This is the Cosmic Angels' first loss as a team, whether it be three-person team or in different iterations of two people. It was their first loss. And uh, Tom gets on the mic and says to Starlight, you're, you're good and uh, you're cute and you're good. And you you were the chosen one. You were the one that Mayu chose as her tag team partner. And she's referring to the tag uh, tournament they had just a couple of months ago. And now it starts to become clear. Tom is upset that Mayu chose Starlight as her partner instead of choosing Tom as her partner. The storytelling here is exquisite. Um, this It feels so real. This isn't a wrestling angle where one person kind of sort of slights somebody else and the response they get is suddenly a steel chair to the face. This is one friend hurts another friend's feelings. The friend who's hurt doesn't feel comfortable talking about it. So they go out and find new friends and then start to slowly break away. And the mic work, the, the acting from both Tom, Tom, when she said that she dropped the mic and she turned around to walk away from them and she was starting to tear up like you could see she was about to cry and Mayu got on the mic and said this isn't like you 
this isn't what we do in stars. And she outright said, do you want to be a heel? <laughs> she, just, <laughs> she just outright said that. And man, it was, it was the best storytelling I've seen in a while. If, if, if we hadn't had Sasha Bailey this year, it would easily be the best thing I'd seen this year. And even with Sasha Bailey, it's in contention. Um, it was just amazing stuff. And so you love Mayu, you love Tom, you want them to be friends but you also want them to go at it because you know it's going to be really good when they do. Mm-hmm. So, um, man, I'm excited for this elimination match. They said, uh, Mayu said, you know what? You think about it and you let me know on Sunday when we have our match. Are you with us or not? And I can't wait to oh. see what happens in this match. I'm so invested in this. I was riveted watching this watching this earlier today. So I cannot wait for this. Um, I'm so I'm it's I'm probably more excited for this than anything else this weekend, including the stuff going on at TLC. Wow. I can't wait for this. Um, so we've got that elimination match, and then we've got two more matches. We've got a double title match: Julia defending her Wonder of Stardom Championship, the white belt, against Shuri, her Donna Del Mondo compadre, um, who's defending her SWA Championship. Uh, you don't get a lot of cop outs in Stardom. Uh, somebody's walking away a double champion here. Yep, and so. Um, I think it, I, I hope it's Julia and I think it probably will be, but, but Shirley just won that title a few weeks ago from B Priestley. So that would be a really short title reign. Um, but Julia is the leader of Donna Del Mondo. So I don't know what, I don't know if they want to do that where Shuri um, takes the championship, especially since Utami is the red belt champion over Momo and they're both in Queens quest and Momo is the leader of Queens quest. So we've already kind of got that going on in one unit. I don't know if they want to repeat that in another unit, Um, but it should be good. Julia, I've already talked about her. She's just tremendous. And so, yeah, that's going to be good. And I'm not really sure how that's going to go. And then the main event, the main event is the world of stardom championship. I've been talking about this match for weeks too. We've got Utami Hayashishita defending against Momo Watanabe. I love me some Momo. I hope Momo wins, but it would really hurt the credibility of Utami as a champion if she did. So I would understand if she doesn't, but Momo shouldn't be losing any more matches. She's lost enough lately. Um, (laughs) So man, I'm torn. I think Utami's going to win, but uh, if Momo wins, I'm going to be, I'm going to be celebrating to myself because Momo and Julia, they go back and forth between who my favorite is in stardom. And um, it just depends on the day or the moment that you ask me, but it's going to be a great show. It's bit, it's so big. It is going to be live on pay-per-view in Japan. <laughs> so <laughs> Not here, but they are going to put the first match live on their YouTube channel. So um, one match is going to be live worldwide. I wish we had some sort of option. If I would happily pay 50 bucks to watch this live on pay-per-view if we had that option here in the States, but doesn't look like it. Uh, but man, I can't wait. Uh, the, the top three matches, especially in that elimination match, I'm so invested in what's going on with Tom Nakano and, and Mayu Watani, and I, I can't wait to see how it plays out. They're doing amazing work over there. Uh, it definitely sounds like it. Uh, you got me excited. Yeah. Just hearing you talk about it. Uh, if you watch anything, just watch that six-person tag from a couple of nights ago and just watch those two. Mm, I will check that out. That uh, yeah. sounds awesome. Uh, moving on from stardom, we're going to keep it with the women again and go to SmackDown. And yeah. you just mentioned earlier, uh, Sasha, we're going to talk about Sasha and Carmella and this uh, developing feud as we head into TLC. And as uh, you mentioned, like on Twitter, and we talked about, this is some of the best that we've seen 
Carmella do? I think this was Carmella's best match she's had. Yeah. Um, looked great. Very, uh, you know, take control. Very brutal. Makes it look like she's a serious contender yep. uh, to Sasha's championship. Of course, we started it with a, um, a contract signing segment. Uh, and which led to, you know, lots of words. And then Sasha saying, hey, let's not wait till TLC. Let's have a match tonight for the title. And how many times has that sort of thing been teased? And then they always find a way to, to back out of it. Yeah, they, they cop out or something through. happens to yeah. where it doesn't uh, come through. But no, we actually had this match. Uh, we had uh, Kim Young, um, who uh, is the sommelier. That is the, uh, the, the word I was looking for uh to carmella which you know he chooses the wine <laughs> that she wants to drink um but uh he gets basically <laughs> beat up by sasha which was great yeah was um great. uh and then you know the match kind of gets thrown out it's disqualification because carmella smashes the wine bottle champagne bottle on uh sasha's head <laughs> on her back or on her back yeah. yeah it was on her back yeah um so uh, really amping up the drama heading into TLC. But yeah, this is, this is some of the best uh, or not the best match that Carmella's had. But again, uh, it's the most she's done, I think, with the character and in getting invested in her since her return. Yeah, well, they needed to do something to make her a credible challenger. Uh, even when she was champion before, she was using James Ellsworth. Mm-hmm. She was finding some way to sneak by almost like the honky tonk man. Yeah. Uh, so she wasn't credible. So why have this match now? Well, look at what it accomplished. It accomplished quite a bit. Look at the story it told. Um, th- this was all about helping Carmella, but Sasha's contributions to doing that were amazing because she was the one that was in charge of getting that story across. The story being, this girl can't compete with me. Like she's never done anything on her own. She she can't compete with me. And then when the bell rang, you saw it start to dawn on Sasha's face that she's different now. Mm-hmm. She is competing with me. And I've got to do something to stop this. And I'm not sure I'm going to be able to. Because I wasn't, I, I didn't take her seriously enough. Mm-hmm. And that that was the story that was told. And then when Sasha was about to win and Akeem Young took that away from her, she flipped out. She was mad because she was about to win a match that she wasn't sure she was going to win. And she took that out on him. And then, uh, yeah, Carmella with it. You don't see bottles smashed over people's backs. Uh, so it was a little different. Um, mm-hmm. It'd have been nice if there was a way to get some fake trickles of blood in there or something. Cause you know, that would cut your skin. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how they would have done that, but for the sake of being different, I'll, I'll take it without the blood because it was different and something that we don't see. Um, but this made Carmela look like she can compete on her own merits and that she has a shot at winning the title and that Sasha may have been a little lucky to walk out still champion on Friday night. Mm-hmm. I, I thought this was played perfectly. Um, it gave Carmela that sense of... Uh, like just rabid dog, like I'll do anything. I'm vicious. Um, and I think, yeah, it heightens the, the tension and gives you, you know, it puts a little question in your head. It's like, who's going to come out as the winner. Um, it makes it believable that she possibly, that she has a chance to walk out as champion. Um, 
more women's action this time over on Raw. And we're probably going to go into, we got a lot of thoughts on a couple of things we're going to talk about here. But uh, Lana and Nia had their one on one match. And before the match, you've got Lana worried, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't do this. I don't, I don't know what's happening. And then, of course, Nia, uh, not Nia, but Asuka is uh, sitting there getting her pumped up, saying, Yes, you can. Uh, you, you're a winner just for facing this. Go out there, be fearless. And she's like, you know what? You're right. I can do it. And she goes out there and we get like a 60 second match <laughs> um, that ends in a spot in the corner where uh, she like pulls Nia down off the rope and then kind of gives her a pin. Uh, it was a lot like the WrestleMania 10 finish between Bret Hart and Yokozuna. Yeah. That's yeah. what it reminded me of. And, you know, she picks up the win then we go backstage and and Austin's getting beat up um, by Shayna Baszler, and then Baszler comes out to ringside, and of course they lay waste to to, to Lana, and um, you know the kayfabe injury angle, and now she's not going to be in the tag match at TLC, which isn't a tables match, and now is going to have a random partner. For no reason at all. Why did we spend the last ten weeks building up Lana for this crap? Yeah, well, I <laughs> I don't know that I'm I'm willing to yet say no reason at all. We'll see what they do on Sunday, but it does feel like yeah they might not have a good reason for it. Now, I will say Lana getting the win was a really feel good moment for me. Um, I, I had gotten I didn't expect the match to be over that quickly, so I'd gotten up to go to the refrigerator to get something. And then I, I saw uh, Naya fall and I saw her go for the pin and I stopped what I was doing and I stood there and I watched and I, I actually celebrated <laughs> when, Lana, <laughs> when Lana won. Like she, she got one over on Naya and it was great. Um, so I was invested in that. But yeah, we've been building to this tag match. And I, I, if someone's going to take that, those titles from, from Naya, not from Shayna so much, I like Shayna. Um, she's one of my favorites, but I still want to see Lana take those titles from Naya if at all possible. And so now that's not even possible. So of course, people are are saying maybe Charlotte's return. I hope there's a better reason for it than that. There are other ways to bring Charlotte back that don't diminish and take away from the storyline that we've been invested in for so long. Yeah. Um, now maybe they feel like Lana still doesn't has still doesn't have the credibility. Maybe she'll come out and help Asuka and her partner win or something and still have some sort of way to get something over on Nia. But still to me, it's not going to feel the same. I'm willing to give them the chance and see what they do, but it's, it better be good. Yeah. It needs to be good. Like I, I, I would be okay with Charlotte being the surprise teammate. If she turns on Asuka and attacks her and we set up, charlotte oscar um maybe you know a rematch at wrestlemania so oscar can get that win back Mm -hmm. that she should have had several years ago (laughs) um because charlotte always seems to have her number um so oscar did beat her earlier this year though that was the last time we saw charlotte oh that's true that's true yeah um on raw but uh so i don't know we'll see um i i think they could do something more with a Charlotte return elsewhere rather than this match. Mm-hmm. Um, because now without Lana being on the team, I just don't see that side winning the belts. Yeah. It's like, cause 
you know, some of the, well, if it's not Charlotte, well, you did have Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose kind of come out to make the save. Maybe it's Dana Brooke that gets put in that position, but putting the titles on Asuka and her just doesn't make a lot of sense and doesn't really do much for the story unless they drop it right back. It wouldn't be satisfying. It wouldn't yeah. be emotionally satisfying. The emotional investment here is in Lana versus Nia. Yes. So I, I, I just don't know what's going on here. And I, I need an explanation. I need a, a good payoff to make sense right. of this so mess. See uh, what they do on Sunday. But uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm not optimistic that they're going to give me something that will make this uh, feel like a good call to me. Uh, and shout out to Miro. Uh, of course, uh, he had a good week on AEW. They're making him look like a monster. Uh, I didn't get to mention that earlier, but he had the greatest tweet in response to this match between Lana and Nia. I saw that. He's like, I taught my wife how to do that pin last night. We're both winners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My man, Miro. <laughs> that was funny. Um, but uh, on to something else that's a uh, little... Makes me a little confuddled, a little confused. Put some question marks in the brain as to the calls that are being made on the management side of WWE is uh, some performers being sent back to the performance center for, I guess, honing of more skills. And, you know, there's like four or five people uh, that were said to be sent back. The two most prominent names. One was Otis, which it's like, okay, maybe. Um I, I kind of understand there's been some talk about some people have said, you know, he's good, but he could be a little safer in the ring. So I could maybe you know, go hone some stuff like that. Um, but if that's the case, why is Nia Jack's name not on this list? Uh, but also uh, Keith Lee, that's the big question mark. Really? This guy has been brushing with the world title picture. Now you're sending him back to the performance center for, as far as I can tell, no good reason. I don't get it. I, I I don't know. Um, what I do suspect is it's probably not what everybody's thinking. I really doubt Vince McMahon sitting there saying, Keith Lee sucks. Send him back. Like, no, I don't think that's what's happening. I, I, I can only speculate, but maybe it's something along the lines of, all right, I like what he's doing, but maybe he could add a little bit to his presentation in this way. So let's let him practice doing that. Or maybe... Maybe it was all these other big guys need some work. Let's send them down there with somebody who can work with them. So True. maybe, maybe he's there to help them instead of get help himself. Like, I don't know. I, I do know this came from PW Insider um, and not Meltzer. Right. Which makes me feel like there's a little more credibility to it. Um, my, Mike Johnson over at PW Insider, I think he's a really good guy. And he, he, he doesn't seem to have the biases that Meltzer has that, that take away from Meltzer's credibility uh, for me. Um, so I, I think there's probably something to it, but what we don't, we weren't there for the conversation. Right. We don't know what was said. We, we can't know what somebody else is thinking. So we can only speculate, but I really doubt Vince hates Keith Lee and thinks he sucks. That would or he wouldn't be near the world title picture. So there's got to be some other layer to it that we just don't know for sure. Yeah. And the other part to this um, that I dovetail with it, that makes, you know, that kind of sways my opinion is, you know, Keith Lee was in the world title picture. He's flirting with it. And then now you've got him losing on raw in a handicap match that we didn't need 
it just made no sense. Why are you, why are you having him lose to the Miz and Morrison? Mm-hmm. Um, Miz and Morrison are already over in their position and what they need. They did not need a two on one victory over Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Keith Lee did not need this loss. And that's the part that confuses me a lot about the decisions being made for Keith Lee, because mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think he's got, he's got it. He needs to, he, he is a future world champion on the main roster uh he wrecked nxt as he should have and now as we've seen in the past a lot of people get called up to the to the main show they're they just don't know what to do because i think this is this it stems from a bigger problem as we've talked about of you know you've got those four or five people that are always at the top and whether it's you know people using influence backstage or or whatever it is or the decision makers who just can't get past no it's got to be these are top four draws we can't have anybody new it's like well you're never going to have anybody new if you don't put other people up there to see if they can be the draw and uh, yeah that i just i just don't like what they're doing with keith lee right now and i i know the performance center thing hopefully it is more like what you say we're taking these big guys down there keith lee is clearly knows what he's doing let's have him help them out i hope that's it but when you you know go hand in hand with the way he's booked on raw right now it eh, it, it doesn't paint a good picture yeah i don't i don't like handicap matches at all um for the reason that it's never good to have one guy or girl beat more than one mm-hmm. and having the argument could be made that if if you're by yourself losing to more than one person it doesn't harm your credibility but like you said why even have the match then so the match didn't really serve anybody yeah um and i agree with you on that at least not that i can see i don't see how it served anybody yeah so yeah why have the match unless they're just filling tv time they have so many so many hours to fill and they want to get everybody on there but I don't like handicap matches. I don't think they do anybody any good. Um, and yeah, I, I would have preferred to have something else. Yeah. Um, but we'll get off our soapbox on that. <laughs> and let's go on. Let's, let's move on to another felony. Uh, Orton trying to murder Bray Wyatt live yeah. on television. Orton just says, F it. Um, I'm going to try kill you. <laughs> and uh, You know, when 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 are they going to learn? Like, if you know you're staring across the the room at Bruce Banner, you don't punch him in the face. Yeah, you're just going to get the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, so it, don't try to take out Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt because that's not who you're going to end up dealing with. Yeah, you end up with the Fiend, and I mean, I love I love this spot. It was entertaining as I'll get out. Um, but yeah, of course, he shoves him in like a box or something and sets it on fire. And then out comes the fiend um, and just slaps the mandible claw on him again. And which is very interesting because traditional booking standards would tell you this means Orton's heading for a victory at TLC. But I don't think that serves any purpose. (laughs) No. And I, I don't, I think that's, I don't think that holds as much as it used to. True. Uh, that used to be a guarantee, but now I just don't think it is any, I don't think you can read into pay-per-view winners based on who last got the upper hand on TV. Um, 
I, I remember Alexa when Alexa was feuding with Naomi years ago. Naomi beat her in like two or three one-on-one non-title matches, and then at the pay-per-view beat her again and took yeah. the title from her. So I, I don't. For so long, that was how it worked. That a lot of us still feel that's the way it works, and I really don't think it is. Yeah, uh, but but I'm interested to see what does go down at TLC because of this. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that ties in nicely. We'll do a little bit of our TLC preview and predictions uh, mm-hmm. as that's coming up. Uh, let me pull up the card here, or at least the card as of today. Of course, we have a SmackDown uh, still ahead of us. They could make tweaks and changes. Um, but as of right now, let's see. Uh, looks like we're looking at uh, Daniel Bryan versus Jey Uso. Um, which uh, that's going to be a good match. Yeah, that is going to be that. I mean, that that's potential to probably take match of the night. Yeah. <laughs> Just it, based it, on those two guys. It could. Um, ooh, I think I, the story here, the best story here is in Jay losing. Yes. Uh, for two reasons. Um, I think a, I think Brian is being groomed to be a future opponent for Roman Reigns. Uh, whether that's a mania opponent, opponent, a rumble opponent, who knows? Um, but I think, uh, I think that is being groomed for the future. Plus, uh, you know, a Jey Uso loss kind of ties a little bit more into the storyline between him and Roman. Um, even though he's with Roman, he's just losing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, your thoughts. Um, and also Jay beat him last time they faced off. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Daniel Bryan on this one. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, we also have, let's see, United States Championship. Uh, my man, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> I'm always going to do that. <laughs> uh, versus Riddle. And uh, uh, they've been playing this storyline out for a couple of weeks. It's been very funny. Riddle has definitely been some some decent comic relief in this. Uh, the bro nuts yeah. <laughs> are funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think Riddle is definitely a future champion. I just don't know that he's going to get the, the rub win over Lashley in this. Um, yeah. I, I think Lashley's going to retain here, yeah. but it'll, it'll be fun while it lasts. And I, and I think it's going to be one of those matches. They play it to where Lashley gets surprised and is like, Oh snap. I'm, it's not going to be just an easy win. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I think Riddle's much like much like Sasha and Carmella. Yeah, I think Riddle's yeah. going to almost get him. Um, but yeah, maybe a little help from MVP. True, true. Yeah. Definitely, probably going to be some outside influence. Um, SmackDown Tag Team Championship: Street Profits versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. The Street Profits. Profits, uh, did I say profits? <laughs> is it profits? And street, it's a street profits, man. Uh, the street <laughs> profits versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. And it's uh, like how my aunt used to call it the Nintendo. The Nintendo, yeah, that's right. The original 8 bit Nintendo. I'm gonna get some Pizgetti with that. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I mean, they've been building this for weeks. I, uh, I love the street profits, I respect Ziggler and rude but i'm tired of seeing this program yeah <laughs> over yeah. and over and over again um they at least I, came up with a good reason for it yeah at least they got come up with something new and a good reason for that but i still just ugh, i just don't I'm not, I'm not invested 
Yeah. I don't, I just don't care. I think uh, street profits, I think are going to win. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. They're going to retain. Um, anything you'd like to add about that one? Uh, not really. I really do like the street profits, but yeah, I'm ready for them to face somebody, somebody, uh, some new other, contenders. Yeah. Other than these two. Um, uh, then we got, of course, the, the Raw Tag Team Championship. We got the New Day versus the Hurt Business. Again, this is one they've been uh, moving up for weeks. And I like how they've tongue-in-cheeked about this. Is The New Day is like, why are we still facing you guys? So at least they're self-aware. Yeah. And I, I'm more invested in this. Yeah. And they did come up with a good reason for this, too. We helped yes. with Retribution in exchange for a tag title match. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. I'll buy that. And I, I think this is the one where I think the Hurt Business might actually capture the titles. Yeah. I think they may, I think they're going to win this one. Yeah. Um, I thought they should have won, you know, a few weeks ago when they did the count out finish. Yeah. Turns out that count out finish was a shoot. Ah. Um, <laughs> they were not supposed to get counted out. The match was supposed to go on with the New Day winning. Um, and so they came up on the fly with MVP helping them restart the match. Ah. Here, here I gave them credit for good booking for MVP uh, <laughs> on the fly. That would have been good booking for MVP. Yeah. Uh, I thought they were going to win then. Uh, if, if they don't win here, I, I think it makes them look really bad. So yeah. I, I think they need to win here. The hurt, the, the hurt business. So I think new champions hurt business. Um, then of course, uh, when we talked about it earlier, we got the women's tag team championship match, Nijax, Shayna Baszler defending against Oscar and someone to be determined. Uh, you know, this could go either way, but I think, because of what's happened, I think this is Shayna and Nia winning. Yeah, it's hard to call when you don't know everybody who's in the match. But yeah, I think I'm with you. I think whoever shows up, especially if it's Charlotte, um, has no interest in winning the tag titles. If it's Charlotte, it would make sense that she would turn. Yeah. Because again, last time we saw Charlotte, she was losing to Asuka. Yes. Um, so I don't know why Asuka would pick her as a partner then. But I guess, you know, if you're, if you're hurting for, for help, why not pick, you know, one of the greatest ever? Yeah, and I mean, maybe this is one of those kind of swerve things. Oh, Lana can't be there, but then she ends up being in the match somehow. I would like that. And if that happens, then that changes my mind, and I think Asuka and Lana probably win. Um, But but calling it now. Calling it now, I think it's Nia and Shayna. Yeah. Based on where we're at at this current moment. I don't think we haven't disagreed or anything yet, have we? Uh, No, we have not. We have not. Uh, Let's see. We've got... The Fiend, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think this is Wyatt all the way. I don't yeah. think... I, I think unless you're just going to repeat the same mistakes that you've been making since uh, The Fiend slash Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt have started, which is monster, monster, monster until big match. Oh, somehow you lose. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to make that same mistake. So I think Bray Wyatt is going to yeah. win this one. Yeah, he, he's the one with more of a future ahead of him and he needs to win more yes um hopefully we get alexa back this yeah yeah I, I thought she'd be back this week she wasn't so and i i, I want to see i know we've mentioned i want to see the the fiend version yes i want to see the female fiend. i think that's coming that's got to be coming come on i mean come on yeah um that's my reasoning for it come on come on <laughs> um smackdown women's championship sasha banks carmella I'm going with Sasha. I yeah. don't think Carmella gets this win, but like, as we said, based on what happened uh, this past week and who knows what's going to happen this Friday. Um, but I think, uh, you know, it does make me take a pause in, you know, thinking that Carmella, you know, they could, but I think it stays with Sasha. 
I, I think it stays with Stasha, but Carmella looks good along the way. Yes. Yeah. Um, then we've got, of course, our two big title matches uh, for the men's side. We've got the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre defending versus AJ Styles in a TLC match. Um, I mean, McIntyre? I mean, yeah. I st- <laughs> Uh, yeah. McIntyre wins. Um, do you think we'll get a a trigger pulled on the Money in the Bank? Um, I I don't have that feeling yet. And mostly because uh, they've just been talking about it so much, it just mm-hmm. doesn't. It, it's yeah. one of those. I think they're talking about talking about making you want to see if it's going to happen, but aren't right. going to do it. Yeah, I think uh, this is all about AJ helping to cement. McIntyre is a credible champion. Yes. I um, think that's what this is. I think this could end up being a little bit of a, uh, not quite a showcase, but we're going to, I think it's going to be a way to involve him. Uh, so you can kind of put him more over as a monster, uh, the bodyguard whose name I can never almost, remember. almost yeah. Um, have him get involved a little bit more. I thought it was mm. I love the spot where he just took AJ out of Seamus's, hands in the power bomb thing or yeah was it, or mcintyre i can't remember which match that was I'd, I'd like to see him reach for the belt without climbing the ladder yes to see if he could do it. Ooh, that would be an interesting finish get on or, or for aj to get on his shoulders yes to yeah. get on almost his shoulders and still be able to reach the belt that would be insane ah i wonder if they'll try that i hope we at least get that spot whether yeah get it works the attempt at it right that would be neat um but yeah, I, I, with the, the money in the bank, I'm really kind of hoping maybe we get a, a different use of the money in the bank this time around. Kind of like when Rollins used it to insert himself in and make it a triple threat match. Mm-hmm. Maybe something like that mm-hmm. with the Miz uh, would be nice at some point, but I don't think it happens. Uh, this what, what if he put himself, what if the handicap match with Keith Lee led to Miz reasoning? Oh, Maybe we can beat McIntyre in a handicap match. And in the middle of the match, say he's cashing in. That could make that match meaningful. That could make that handicap match mean something. The one that we had on Raw this week. That's true. That would be, I, I, I hire us. That's what they're going for. But yes, hire us. Hire us. Hire us. Also, also Wendy's where you go to get your burgers broiled and yourself roasted. Now that I would go to Wendy's all the time. If when I went through the drive through, they would roast me. <laughs> have you seen their Twitter? <laughs> now that's true. They have one of the best Twitters in the biz. Absolutely. I love it. But yeah. Eat Wendy's sponsor us. Um, <laughs> anything. Um, but yes, <laughs> Nice, nice, nice product placement. I dig like that. that? Yeah. Um, it's going to lead to big money one day. It really is. Hopefully um, this week. Hopefully this week. <laughs> and of course, uh, finishing up in what will probably be the main event of the night, I'm feeling, um, is probably the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns defending against Kevin Owens. Another TLC match. Um, this is going to be a good match. Yeah. This, I, this also has, I think, is one of the ones that has potential to be match of the night just mm-hmm. because Owens is phenomenal. Roman Reigns is one hell of a worker and is yep. good in the ring. No matter what you feel about him, he is yep. great in the ring. His character work is now spot on. And I mean, honestly, obviously I think 
Reigns retains. Yes. But I would totally b- buy and believe a Kevin Owens victory if it happened. It's not mm-hmm. going to, right. obviously. Uh, they're building Reigns up. He's not going to drop that belt before Mania, if no. that. Right. Um, but, but yeah, this is going to be one hell of a match. Yeah. I'm yeah. looking and forward to this match very much. Owens is credible. He's former Universal Champion himself. Mm-hmm. Um, his mic work has just been, as always, just top-notch. And he's so fun to, to watch and to listen to. And yeah, this has been gold. Yeah, I mean, does Owens diver- deserve to be a top champ right now? Hell yes, he does. It's just not his time. It's just not his time, and they don't have enough belts to go around. Um, right. But yeah, he will have that belt back at some point, or the, or the WWE Championship. He will be one of the top champs in the company again, for sure, barring any injury or something like that. But um but yeah, so that's pretty much the rundown of TLC. And I think we we pretty much agree on everything. We did. We agreed on every match. Across that, the board. I don't know that that's ever happened in our friendship. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'm it's usually sure. some deviation, but yeah. uh, but no, we're pretty much we're on the same the same page on all of that for yeah. sure. Um so yeah. Uh, now let's, uh, before we wrap things up, of course, we always have to do the one thing we love. This has been a supersized episode of, uh, positively wrestling this week, but we did have a lot to talk about and uh, we didn't record it two in the morning. This is true. We're both wide awake and raring to go. So, uh, what was your one thing that you loved? The thing thing I'm going to single out, I already talked about it. Mayu Watani and Tom Nakano, man, this was gold stuff. This is stuff on a level that you don't see often anywhere and uh yeah anybody who who is willing to reach out to not reach out but uh search out this the six person tag the six woman tag from a couple nights ago at stardom at stardom world stardom dash world.com and check that out and just watch the performances both during the match and after the match uh man just amazing amazing work both ring work and character acting mic work from the two of them just gold Yes. Um, and uh, my favorite thing going again, a different route. We, it's a good, we always have this kind of contrast. Um, mine is a little bit more silly uh, for what I loved. <laughs> that was Matt Riddle uh, on raw, the interaction before the, the six man tag. <laughs> I'll be bro. E and, and then, and, and Hardy being like, we can finally be the Hardy bros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was laughing myself silly during this. It's ridiculous. And I love it. It's, it's the stuff that I, I really dig, but that was the thing I love the most. Um Thank you guys for tuning in. Please like, share, subscribe, pass the word on. Um, and, See you Friday. And, and yes, tune in Friday again. Don't forget 1990 Royal Rumble retro review dropping uh, Friday morning. And we will be back, of course, next week with another episode of Positively Wrestling. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Plus WrestleCast. That's P-L-U-S-W-R-E-S-T-L-E-C-A-S-T. On Twitter, at Plus WrestleCast. You can also find me, at Timothy K, and Steven, at Bizarro Doom. Also, search for us on Facebook by just typing in Positively Wrestling. We hope you enjoy the show, and we'll tune back in for many, many weeks to come. Thanks for listening to Positively Wrestling. <laughs>